They knocked it out of the park. AEW always has fantastic pay-per-views. They are rarely, if ever, a letdown. It's always a pretty sure bet that when you slap down your 50, 55 bucks or whatever it is for a pay-per-view with AEW, that they're going to deliver. Now, over the course of three years, it's pretty much impossible to just always top your your previous pay-per-view. But as long as they are always consistent, and I think AEW always consistently delivers on their pay-per-views, part of it's just that they have fewer pay-per-views than WWE does, right? So when you're only doing four a year or five a year with Forbidden Door, uh, you know, you have the opportunity to make them fully stacked cards and build up storylines going into them and i thought they just did a fantastic job with this pay-per-view i'm gonna go ahead and just walk through the entire pay-per-view we'll go ahead and give the matches our brief reviews and i will be assigning a star rating or uh, in my case a heart rating to each match uh, for the heart ratings, I do not have half hearts. I'm not half hearted. Um, so, you know, if it's a three teetering on a four, you know, I'm not able to give it a 3.5. So this is just my judgment going in. But let's dive in. I'm not I'm going to start with the zero hour show because there's some things of note there, but I'm not going to be rating anything on the zero hour. Uh, first of all, just a packed house like they apparently this was another million dollar gate. This is something that they do not achieve every pay-per-view. So a million-dollar gate is a big deal for them. I think Punk was bragging that he delivered the first million-dollar gate for AEW or whatever. And, you know, maybe they jacked up the ticket sales prices or something to that effect. Who knows? Um, But either way, they came out of this with a million-dollar gate, and that's a huge, giant win for AEW. Any way you slice it. I mean, just think about that. The, The gate, just the gate on the pay-per-view alone was enough to pay for you know you chris jericho for a year almost chris jericho for a year you know what i'm saying like um it was a it's a big win for aew full house you can also tell by the camera shots too because aew has been having some not so full houses lately they always do that thing where they start like on the the back corner of the arena and then they pan around and then they stop just shy of showing you what's on this side of the camera right this just they did a full basically panoramic shot full house for full gear absolutely love that the full first match here was the uh was it a five on five the the factory versus the best friends and I, was, this match was okay. The best friends, uh, I feel like, are a little bit stale at this point. The factory's always been stale, though. I am an unabashed QT Marshall fan. I think he's uh, criminally underrated, to be 100% honest with you. And I don't think he's been used to his full potential on TV. I think if you just watch TV, I can see why people don't like QT. Um, But, you know, if you watch some of his vlog stuff that he did on, like, Sammy's vlog and that kind of thing, this guy can cut a promo like nobody's business. He's a very good heel, and he's criminally underrated. 
criminally underused. Um, but the factory just kind of sucked here. And I got to tell you, too, that for me, the best friends are a little bit overrated now as well. Uh, they're just kind of getting stale for me. Uh, you know, I think I'll always like Orange to a certain extent, but I do think he's seen better days within the company as well. He's kind of in a lull right now, even though he's a champion. Um, you know, he has been used more towards the top of the card and more prominently in the past. Uh, Chuck Taylor looks like shit here. I go to the gym, dude. You know, take your job seriously. Put some effort in. Uh, you know, I've never really been critical of, of Chuck Taylor, and I'm certainly not critical of how guys look for the most part. Um, but, you know, there comes a point where you're just not even putting any effort in at all. You're not trying. You're wrestling, and then you're going home, and you're sitting on the couch, and you're eating Cheetos and shit, and then you're coming back to wrestle another match. Hit the gym. Take your job seriously. Uh, Danhausen, I loved, though, when Danhausen came out. I loved this new vibe for Danhausen. If you saw later in the show, he had a backstage skit, and his eyebrows were painted, like, up again. So I think this is going to be, like, an alter ego. I think this is when you really piss Danhausen off, or if he has to go there and he has to dive into the very evil part of him, he has to tap into that dark side. You know, when Danhausen first switched from like Donovan Danhausen to Danhausen, he tried an evil version of the character before he switched to the comedic relief of it. And, uh, you know, it looks like he's bringing that back. And I like the idea of Danhausen being fairly tame, fairly PG, fairly, I guess PG is not the word, but fairly mild, goofy, even playful. Uh, and then if you if he needs to go into that deeper, darker part of his psyche, he can bust it out for certain matches, certain people, certain storylines. I think that's great. I hope that's what they end up doing and they don't just keep the darker version of Danhausen because I think we need the comedy of Danhausen as well. And I think just because he changes the eyebrows on the paint and then he had the blood on the mouth. He changed that for the backstage segment back to his normal. So I think I think that's where they're going with that. But good shit there for Danhausen. Love it. We had Ricky Starks getting the win over Brian Cage. I am not a Brian Cage fan. I am a Ricky Starks fan. So that basically tells you everything you need to know about what I thought of that match. I thought it was fine. I thought it was serviceable. I don't know if Ricky's working hurt or if he's just selling an injury angle or something. Um, but he he played a good baby face, come from behind. <clears throat> you know, there were there was that finishing move there. I, I felt like, you know, I was a little worried he was going to be able to get Brian Cage up for that. But that's basically all I got to say about that. Uh, going into Ethan Page now uh, for Ricky Starks. I hope Ricky Starks gets that win. I hope Ricky Starks gets a little bit of a push be nice to see him you know at least go taste the world title picture against uh, the future champion which of course is mjf spoiler alert eddie kingston versus jun nakiyama this was a dream match for eddie kingston uh even me you know i am not uh i i, I consider myself pretty savvy when it comes to like new japan and that sort of thing i'm very familiar with the new japan roster not so much familiar with the greater Japanese history or uh, certainly not as familiar with DDT and that sort of thing. 
Um, <clears throat> but we got we got uh, Nakayama here, and it looks like you know this was a dream match for Eddie Kingston. Good for him. Uh, I'm kind of sick of these Japanese strong style chop battles, fucking matches. They're wearing on me here. Uh, you know, it seems like anytime we get the Japanese tough guy. You know that comes in to do a match against Samoa Joe or Eddie Kingston or whoever. It's just a lot of choppy. Well, I'm gonna chop you, you chop me, and we'll just do that for ten minutes straight and then go to the finish. And I don't know. I'm kind of bored with it, to be 100% honest with you. I didn't think the match was all that great or entertaining. This is me. Like once you've seen the chop battle, you've seen the chop battle. I don't mind if a match breaks into a chop battle somewhere in the middle. Uh, it can be entertaining. I just think it's been done to death lately, and especially when the Japanese guys come over. But Eddie Kingston gets the win, and then Eddie Kingston grabs the mic. And what a fucking gem Eddie Kingston is. He's on, uh, how much time do we got? He asks. And he just starts ranting, and he starts half-assedly uh, promoting the, the event, you know, talking about a couple of matches, and he's just like, all right, well, that's my time. I got to go. And he just... Man, he was all teared up and shit. I don't know if he was doing teared up because he keeps citing the King's Road stories uh, and the strong style in Japan. And some of those some of those matches, they utilize the crying, emotional baby face because uh, that's something you don't see. The Japanese is a very stoic culture, and especially, you know, the wrestlers are very stoic and the fans are very clappy clappy and stuff. Um, so they use a lot of that in the, you know, the King's Road storylines and, and just other baby faces in general um, <clears throat> that in Japan have leaned on the ability to cry. And, and that what that does is it's showing that extra bit of emotion and it kind of is able to reach that next gear with the Japanese crowd. I don't know if it worked here necessarily. I mean... I don't know if it was part of that, just trying to tell that story, or if he was just genuinely that emotional for getting to work his hero. Either way, it was great uh, for Eddie Kingston, at least. He's a goddamn gem and, and nothing but love for Eddie. He's one of my favorites. <clears throat> Moving on to the main card, we had Jungle Boy taking on Luchasaurus inside a steel cage. I love AEW steel cage. I like the look of it. It looks foreboding. Um, but it looks, you know, really professional at the same time. It's just a nice, big, clean cage. I like that they don't do escape rules. I hate escape rules in cage matches. They're so stupid. Uh, a cage match. And to that point, the one thing I did not like about this cage match is that it did spill to the outside of the ring. Um, I, you know, I don't mind if that's done sparingly, but it seems like every single cage match we ever see ever spills to the outside of the ring. Anyway, the heel somehow gets the door open or the manager gets the key to the door. We've seen this a million times. Ooh, Christian steals the key from the referee and opens the door. And yeah, it's happened so much. So I did not like that. It did spill to the outside of the ring, but Hey, you got to have the excuse to bring the toys in the ring, do you not? Jungle Boy got color early in the match. That was a little bit surprising to me. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, I wasn't necessarily expecting Jungle Boy to get color. I don't know if we've seen that before or that it, just for that to happen so early in the match but I, or, or in the show in general. But I guess, you know, it's a cage match. So 
theoretically, if a face gets smashed into the cage, that's something that could happen there. Um, but I, I thought Jungle Boy, this is one of his best matches I've ever seen him in. He showed so much fire, so much guts, so much determination uh, fighting back against the big man. And, and to be fair, this was Luchasaurus's best match that I can remember seeing as well. Um, and just props to the two of them. You know, they know each other well enough. They have great chemistry. They have Christian to help put their matches together with, you know, and be out there kind of coaching. Um, it was just, it was a thing of beauty. I gave this match. Uh, Jungle Boy went over with Pin uh, in, yeah, no. D did he tap him out? Yes. He dropped the elbow off the top through the table. Um, which looked fantastic, even though it uh, looks like Jungle Boy never touched the table himself. He just kind of dropped the elbow off to the side through Luchasaurus, but the table broke. And then he was able to turn that into the snare trap and get the victory. Uh, huge win for Jungle Boy. I don't know. I think him and Luchasaurus are, are done at this point, at least for now. He kind of move on and go a different direction. I think Jungle Boy said as much in the media scrum after. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he has for in store for himself next. Maybe a push to the TNT title championship again. Uh, that could be an interesting move to make with Jungle Boy. I gave this match four stars, uh, or I'm sorry, hearts. I do hearts. Four hearts. Four out of five hearts. Um, it was close to my favorite match, but not quite my favorite match on the show. But this would maybe be my second favorite match. Just great shit. Um, lots of heart from Jungle Boy. Lots of fire. He's going to be a fantastic baby face. And look, he's growing. He's learning. He's getting better every single step of the way. And, you know, like, no matter how slow he's progressing, you know, I've heard, seen a lot of people say, oh, you know, Jungle Boy's slowing down a little bit. Maybe he's not the big breakout star that we thought he was. I think people are rushing things too much. Everybody grows in into their own skin in, in their own time. Jungle Boy's getting more comfortable doing promos. He's Jack Perry now. He's looking better in the ring. He's going to be just fine. He's a major baby face for years to come. We got the return of the elite, the much anticipated return after their suspension, after brawl out Kenny and the Bucks and Don Callis and Brandon Cutler. And I think Nakazawa was out there too. the whole camp. Just get everybody out there. Um, but the entrance, the intro carry on my way wayward son. Uh, fantastic, fantastic choice for intro music. Uh, Tony Khan was asked about this in the media scrum. He's not entirely sure if this is uh, music that's going to be used going forward for the Bucks in, in Kenny, but he's open to it. He said it was you know pretty easy to acquire the rights to use and that he's not opposed to using it again in the future. So great entrance um great match you know death triangle always fantastic to watch you know uh i think we get we see a lot of the luchador wrestlers and we get uh, spoiled by a lot of the flippy floppy fly type stuff um and, and i think we can become a little desensitized to it and it just kind of becomes an everyday thing then you watch a guy like ray phoenix move and it's 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 a whole nother world 
You know what I mean? Like I love the charisma and just the, the 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 look and the vibe of the Lucha Bros. I'm not as big of a fan of Pack, um, but you know I like the I like the team a lot. And you know, as for as good as Ray Phoenix is athletically and just how on another level he really is. Uh, I had the kind of the same notes for Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson is, you know, I think people don't give Nick Jackson the credit specifically. I mean, Matt's good too, but Nick specifically does not get enough credit because they do a lot of silly shit and, you know, they don't take themselves seriously very often. And it's easy to overlook just how athletically gifted Nick Jackson is and how crisp and, and clean and pure and just on point like a motherfucker everything he does this was just a great match as far as you know the athleticism and the moves and the spots unfortunately i mean to me that's what it was for the most part was just a bunch of spots you know it was a spot fest um i was surprised by the finish i actually liked the finish i was fully expecting the elite to win this one and just kind of pick up where they left off as the champions but no uh they told the story where you know they've been telling the story where where pack has been using the hammer and he's been trying to convince phoenix and penta to use the hammer and kind of come along to the dark side with them and they've been apprehensive to do it and then uh even to the point where i like their in- intro where they come out and penta's already out there He's kind of in the middle. And then you see Phoenix comes out of the babyface tunnel. And then you see Pack come out of the heel tunnel. There's that interesting dynamic there that they're, you know, that they're going with. They're friends. Um, but Pack is, you know, an unlikable bastard. And he's a heel. And he's been trying to sell them on that hammer. And then finally, Phoenix, where he's get up and he's about to be one wing angeled into the three count. He has the hammer in his hand from Pack. And he decides in that moment of weakness, at least while he was in that spot, it's either now or lose. And he fucking bam, hits that hammer on Kenny and gets the one, two, three. I love it. I love it because it continues that story with the death triangle. Um, You know, whether they still, whether, you know, Penta and Phoenix turn full heel and they just become a full embrace the evil side of the team or you know phoenix is conflicted about the decision he made maybe penta gives him shit about it maybe it's causing more dissension because pack was like no we did the right thing and you know maybe it causes more of a rift but you're able to continue that story from there Uh, i thought that was it was really just it was brilliant to be honest with you it was a good choice of that because then and also in the same swipe it makes the elite have to work for it again right they have to climb back up the ladder they have to they don't just get handed the titles this time they 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 get to tell the story of their build their climb back their return you know they have to fight harder now they're going into this you know best of seven series or whatever maybe they'll come out of that the the champions but they will have worked for it at least uh up until that point so I liked it. I liked it for the fact that it tells more interesting stories coming out of it than it would have if the elite just took over as the champs again. That one came in at three. That one came in at three out of five hearts for me, just because it was such a spot fest. You know, it was pretty standard, great, entertaining, fun stuff, but still pretty standard for those guys. 
Jade and Nyla. Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill for the TBS Championship. The less said about this, the better. They're going in with the storyline. You know, Nyla stealing Jade's title. Really stupid storyline to begin with. Um, I got to admit, I got a little emotional when I saw that they came out, Nyla and um, Vicky came out in the lowrider. And uh, that just hit me in the feels for some particular reason. You know, I think I, uh, I think I miss Eddie more than I like to let myself think. You know, I think I compartmentalize a lot of these losses that we have in wrestling and uh, just kind of have a way of trying to bury it and, and move forward. And uh, I don't know, just seeing it, it just got me in the feels. Like it made me start to think about Eddie and miss Eddie. And uh, it kind of caught me by surprise because it's not something I do often, even when Eddie's talked about, you know, or mentioned, you know, by by the uh, fucking Mysterio on on tv um uh, wwe it's just you know it's just one of those things that caught me off guard uh and i'm pretty sure it wasn't vicky wearing one of rhea ripley's t-shirts i'm your mommy now or whatever whatever but wait and then jade when she had the thundercats gear she looked looked fantastic uh this match was straight up dog shit it was a train wreck it was awful these two could not work their way out of a wet paper bag to save their life. This was horrid. Uh, it was a big mess. And uh, the quicker it was over, the better. I gave it zero hearts. This did not even get a one. Uh, there was a spot in the match where I was thinking bowling shoe ugly. And then JR said that was bowling shoe ugly. Like immediately after and I was like, okay, yeah, we're on the same page here. Um, despite this match getting such a uh, low rating from me. Uh, Jade's still my bitch. I just love me some Jade Cargill. She can do no wrong, even though she's not the greatest wrestler, uh, you know, ever. <laughs> and she's green as fuck. Uh, I'm still Team Jade all the way. I still, I'm backing her. I'm rooting for her. I'm waiting for her to get better. Uh, I just, she's my girl. You know what I mean? You just latch on to people early that you want to see do well and that's where i'm at with jade cargill i think she's uh just she's my bitch the fatal four-way for the ring of honor title lots of action going on in this one sammy guevara versus claudio castagnoli versus brian danielson versus the champion the ocho chris jericho um kind of i don't know if surprised is the right word that jericho won this but you know, he beat a lot of bigger names here, you know, went over Claudio and Danielson again. Uh, you know, I hope they're going in a good direction with Chris Jericho. I'm sure they are. I think the idea in general is just, let's just have the Ring of Honor title on a star while we're trying to acquire a TV deal for Ring of Honor. Uh, something that, you know, fans keep asking Tony about. And I, I get the feeling by Tony's answers. He's working very hard on this. And this is something he's been bugging Warner Media for for a while. And I think, you know, it, he has expressed that he's making progress in trying to get them a TV deal. And he expects to have something to announce or even launch in 2023. So hopefully he does. But I think that's the idea with having Jericho as a champion. I know a lot of people hate Jericho. 
and especially hate this little uh, ring of honor run that he's on but i think that's the idea behind it and it's not a bad idea you can poo poo it all you want play fantasy booker all you want but honestly like if you are like warner media is a giant conglomerate fucking mega corporation right if you're trying to proposition them for a new tv deal i think having chris jericho as your champion at the time is a there's few better options you know they're not gonna even a claudio castagnoli they're gonna go who's that cesaro even cesaro was like a upper mid card guy at best in wwe jericho is a, a legend right he's a household name people know chris jericho so that's why they're doing this um you know brian danielson might be a fine choice too but it is what it is wherever it is i just hope that when they get to the payoff that it's it's worth it um i don't think sammy and jericho are splitting even though they got into it a little bit in this match as well i think uh you know jericho had said after in, in an interview or whatever that he expected that of sammy and he's proud of him for going for it or whatever hopefully there's no dissension there um you know i don't know where they're going and i i, I can tell you that i'm i guess i'm a little bored with the chris jericho ring of honor storyline but i get why they're doing it and let's just hope it pays off soon <laughs> like i said um otherwise this match was great it was a fun piece to watch i'm not huge on four ways in general it just divides the attention and becomes a little bit of a cluster at times um, but i did go ahead and i gave this three out of five hearts it was a very serviceable four-way a lot of good action in this one uh, so Rhea makes her long awaited in-ring return against Dr. Britt Baker DMD and uh, this was a big moment for Soraya you seen as soon as she came out she was crying almost immediately <laughs> um, I don't blame her I kind of teared up a little bit there too because I felt for her in the situation uh, I felt that huge uh, just a release of emotion you know this was a girl who grew up in the wrestling business literally in it you know what i mean and uh you know her whole household growing up was wrestling her brothers her parents everything she's never not known wrestling so to have that taken away from her and and possibly never get the chance to do it again and then to finally be able to come back out and have that match uh, it was emotionally satisfying for Soraya, and I get that big release, and I was there for her in that moment. Uh, this was not the prettiest match. You know, this was pretty rough around the edges. It looked like Britt was kind of carrying Soraya through most of the match, which is expected. Soraya has not been in the ring for like six years, right? And she's going to be rusty, and she's going to be apprehensive. Um, but I, I got to tell you, this wasn't rough around the edges or or you know it wasn't not pretty or bowling shoe ugly in the way that jade and nyla was right jade and nyla was a match of two people that looked like they didn't know what the fuck they were doing and they had zero chemistry with each other and they were both you know it's sad to say that nyla's still green because she's been around for years now you think she would have picked up on some of this but um, you know, this was not 
a green match. It wasn't rough around the edges because they were just shitty. This was rough around the edges because there was it looked like there was that ring rust apprehension. Um, but it almost made it look more like a fight, like a struggle, like getting in the holds. You know, maybe it was a little sloppy coming in and out of holds a little bit or a little bit more of a fight. Um, things just didn't go as smoothly as planned. But it, it, in my opinion, it made it look more like a struggle, more like a fight instead of like, oh, these bitches don't even know what they're doing. You know, uh, totally different vibe. And it was to be expected. So, uh, and quite honestly, I was more surprised in this match than I thought I would be. You know, like Soraya had said in interviews, she was inspired by the Stone Cold match he had with Kevin Owens, where he really didn't even take any bumps. And she said she wasn't going to go out there and do a lot of crazy stuff. And I don't think she did, but there was a lot more going on in this match than I ever thought they would actually try. You know, Soraya did take some bumps on her neck or on the back. Um, to make to look like the neck, uh, you know, they did a lot of things where where Britt was punching or like you know, forearms and hammering and elbows to the back of the neck, and she was really like Britt was really like taking it to Soraya and attacking the neck, and that was the story of the match was beating on that neck, and there was even a few spots in the beginning where Soraya was kind of milking it and pretending like maybe she wasn't a hundred percent. Um, uh, you know, again, it was a little sloppy, a little rough around the edges. It looked like Britt was leading. Um, Soraya's just got to get her legs under her again. You know, she's got to get knock that ring rust off and, and get her confidence in. And I felt like it looked like it was kind of her confidence was kicking in towards the middle of the match after she had taken a few bumps, you know, had a few moves, a few exchanges, and she started to kind of loosen up a little bit. It'll take a little bit of time. Um, and, you know, and, and to be fair, she wasn't like the greatest wrestler technician of all time when she was around, you know, the first time either. And, uh, you know, this was as good or better than anything I expected. I actually went ahead and I, I, I gave this one three out of five hearts. I thought it was an entertaining match and more than I expected and more than I asked for. We had the big hoss fight, right? Three-way for the TNT Championship. Champion Wardlow defending against Samoa Joe, who was also the Ring of Honor TV champion. And uh, then they also had Powerhouse Hot. Pow. Powerhouse. I love me some Powerhouse. He's one of my guys. You know how I said Jade's my bitch. Uh, powerhouse. Uh, I hesitate to say powerhouse is my bitch, but uh, you get the point. He's, he's my dude. Um, I like Wardlow too, and I, hell, I like Samoa Joe. I mean, I, I don't know that I had a dog in this fight to begin with necessarily. Um, we're really new to expect. I guess I thought I, I would have expected to see Wardlow walk out the champion. I'll tell you what, I didn't expect to see was Samoa Joe walking out the champion. You know, I would have called if if there was a title change, I would have called it to be powerhouse, I guess, than than Joe. But hey, Joe's got he's the double champ now. He's got two belts. And look, I don't mind this just because you know, for one, I don't mind. I, you know, I like Samoa Joe. But two, I think Joe, even though he's older and not not you know in his prime like he was before, I had pitched on my 
Pro Wrestling Podcast. Podcast in the past that Samoa Joe, or maybe it was uh, the roster evaluation. I don't know. But I see Samoa Joe as a like a Minoru Suzuki, you know, just tough old grizzled bastard that, you know, you're in for a fight with on the roster. And look, anytime you give that guy, give him a belt. Even if it's a short run, it's just going to add to the credibility and the danger of Samoa Joe. Never underestimate Samoa Joe. This was a serviceable three-way for three hosses. Nothing to like, you know, blow out of the water or write home about or anything like that. I gave it two hearts out of five, um, but it wasn't like it wasn't a bad match at all. It was just there, you know. It was a good middle of the show hoss fight. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus Sting and Darby Allen. This was a match. A lot of uh, people that watch my pro wrestling podcast podcast will know i am not the biggest jeff jarrett fan uh in fact i do have a no jeff jarrett rule on the podcast i don't cover his show because uh, fuck jeff jarrett that's why but uh and i rolled my eyes when he debuted in aew like oh here we go you know it's gave me end of wcw vibes or tnt or tna vibes um i just wasn't impressed with jarrett debuting i don't like jeff jarrett there's nothing nothing about any of that that interested me at all with that said this match was great this was i i have to give credit where credit's due i thought he was used perfect jeff that is pronouns pal um you know like i thought he looked like a star when he came out with his entrance you know he was very much okay jeff jarrett's here but it, it was like he wasn't taking the spotlight from anybody. He was working fantastic. Jarrett specifically, like Jay Lethal's a great worker already. So I'm not gonna, you know, blow him, him too hard. But Jarrett, I'm gonna spend some time filleting because Jarrett was a guy that, like I said, I just was grossed out by even seeing on my TV. I just didn't, eh, Jeff Jarrett. But he was fantastic in this match. Look, he was making everybody look like a million bucks. He was bagging off. Please, please, I'm sorry. Um, you know, like just doing the whole. He was working like a great fucking cowardly heel. Uh, he made everybody look good. He wasn't there to put himself over at all or to make himself look great. Or he was there to be a bit player to really put over Darby and Sting. And I thought he really did. I thought he. Psh, looked fantastic jeff was so good in this match putting over darby putting over sting um just kudos to jeff specifically um, because he it was just it was exactly what i would have wanted it was different than i expected you know the spotlight wasn't on jeff as oh here's this you know last out uh star which i think you know he stole from the undertaker right um but shit, you know he put over sting and darby like a million bucks uh, there were some good double team moves going on in this. The coffin drop slash uh, uh, scorpion death drop was a fantastic move. I thought Satnam Singh was impressive in this when he caught Darby off the ladder. Uh, you know, he had some good shit in there as well. Sting doing his dives and just being the stinger. Uh, I thought Sting looked good for his age and everything that he's been doing. This was just a fun little match, better than expected. Um, and, and like I said, I just, you know, respect to Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I don't know how much more he'll be used going forward or if he'll be used or how prominent he'll be. 
Um, but if this was just a one-off, or even if he stays in little sidebar stuff like this, I don't mind it. Hell, there was even a TNA chant in this match, which, holy shit, right? When when uh, Jarrett and Sting were, like, alone in the ring, the crowd was chanting, TNA, TNA. The crowd was hot for this show, by the way. I kind of skipped that. There was also, uh, in the Elite match, there was the uh, fuck CM Punk chant, which was fun to hear. They'll be in Chicago. Uh, for the next dynamite uh, so we'll, i wonder what kind of chance we might hear there uh, but the crowd was hot tonight for this one um in this match hey it's very serviceable i went ahead and i actually gave this one three out of five hearts for my own personal liking uh, more impressed with it than i thought i would be jamie hater gets her shot at the aew interim women's title against tony storm a lot of people have a hard on over this well you know a lot of people have a hard on over the two women you know what i'm saying uh, but no a lot of people have a hard on over this interim title shit uh to me it doesn't i'm not too offended by the word interim it doesn't bother me any or that they do an interim ufc does an interim it's a, in a, a boxing's done it it's an established thing uh you know wwe doesn't do it you know maybe that's why it throws people off but i guess i'm used to it just from the way ufc does it it's established it doesn't really bother me or throw me off but a lot of other people just continue to bitch about this Let's get them get this interim word out of there. Let's just make her the champion. Blah 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 blah. Um, for all intents and purposes, they are the champions to me. You know, Tony Storm came into this the women's champion, in my opinion, and this was a fantastic match. Now, I am Team Jamie Hater. I fucking love this bitch. Uh, right along with the crowd, I would say. You know. Um, there, there came a point with her sidekick them to Britt Baker where I just started to like and see her in matches. You know, there were a couple key matches that she had on Dynamite that were really particularly good for women's matches, specifically, you know, like J Jamie Hayter is a very talented wrestler. And she started to just kind of stand out a little bit. And I started to kind of get on the Jamie train. And it wasn't long after that that Jamie started getting the, the chance from the crowd. And it seemed like everybody else was on the Jamie train as well. So I think, you know, it, it's it's just her, man. She's charismatic. She's talented. And I think she's kind of getting to the point where she's undeniable at this point. She's a gorgeous woman. She is very physical in the ring this whole match this was a physical match these two chicks beat the shit out of each other this was no powder puff you know going through the motions i'm gonna throw a little dainty punch here and there like no these chicks were firing on each other and uh tony you know as evidenced by the bloody nose by tony storm um i didn't know that they were gonna pull the trigger on jamie i hoped they would I think it's the time to pull the trigger on Jamie Hayter. Uh, but I didn't know that they would, especially when I saw uh, Rebel come out and then Brett. I was worried that they would get involved. I don't think they needed to get involved. I thought it would have been better to see Jamie do this on her own. But heels are going to heal, right? Um, but, you know, as soon as I saw them come out, I thought maybe they would fuck it up for her. You know, I thought they would cost her the match. And that would cause the rift between Brett and Jamie. But Jamie got the goddamn win, and I was so happy when she did. She deserves it. This is her time. 
you can just feel the momentum the fan re- uh, the fans reactions are behind Jamie Hader at this point no disrespect to Tony Tony Storm I don't think the fans turned on Tony I think the fans just recognize this is Jamie Hader's time and they were there for it and this was a hell of a match they beat the shit out of each other this actually was my favorite match of the night I gave it four out of five hearts um you know tied with you know star heart ratings with um the cage match at the beginning of the show but it was just this was my personal favorite i thought it was heavy hitting and the right person won and it was just fantastic swerve in our glory getting the rematch and the third match here between swerve in our glory and the acclaimed the rubber match if you will swerve in our glory won the first one the acclaimed won the second uh, here we are, the third match in the run, and I thought it was great. This was another fun match. They've had better matches between the two teams, so I don't think this was the best of them all. I don't know if Anthony Bowens is actually hurt or if he's just this is just part of an angle. Um, I had actually feared a little bit that maybe he was more hurt than uh, you know hurt enough to have to take some time away, and that the titles might go back to swerve in our glory i had kind of imagined in my head that swerve kind of like they did with the death triangle that uh you know swerve's been the heel and keith's been not loving it lately and i i kind of not imagine keith would come over to the dark side and he would like cheat or just accept the you know the heel role here and uh you know him and swerve would get another win over the acclaimed because, you know, they're baby faces. They can survive it, you know. Um, for a team like that, a lot of the fun is in the chase for the titles and not the actual run itself. So I don't expect them to have a huge long run, you know. It would be just fine for them to lose the belts and, you know, get screwed out of the belts, you know, so yeah, that they don't get beat clean. And then you have them chase for it again. But, uh, you know, they hung on to the titles here. And Keith Lee did not turn. He, in fact, turned on Swerve, walked away from Swerve, refused to turn to the dark side. Swerve was fantastic here, too. I had said this when I did the AEW roster review, uh, but I'll say it again here. Swerve continues to impress me every time I see him. He's uh, a guy that I was apprehensive about when he first came in. I was like, eh. You know, uh, his his run in NXT was kind of around the time that I kind of started tuning out of NXT. I'd seen some of his matches, but I didn't like follow his whole run in NXT or anything. Um, So, you know, I wasn't as much on the uh, swerve hype train as a lot of people are or were. But man, he's he's impressing the fuck out of me. And he's a great little heel, too. He's got that look to him and, and he's. he's dastardly right like the the attack on on billy ass you know um it was just great what what else is there to say about it you know swerve swerve's gonna be a great heel and i expect swerve to rise up the card as well i expect to see him in a tnt title picture and then eventually even up to the aew title picture i see swerve as a future main eventer he's that good he really is keith lee um, you know, it'll be re- remain to be seen how high he goes up on the card. I'm not as high on Keith Lee as a lot of other people are. 
Um, he's all right. He's not bad. I don't hate the guy, but I'm not like huge on him like a lot of people seem to be. You know, I'll have to see a little bit more out of him. Thought his beard dye job was a little whack on this show too. Uh, you could see like the outline. Like he had like he's going gray, right? He's admitted this, but you can see like a little silver outline on the jet black beard. So they didn't even blend it properly. It was man, just go white, bro. Just do the white thing instead of dyeing it because it looked like shit. Um, but the claim got the win, and they are still the tag team champions, and that was just fine for me. I uh, gave this one three out of five hearts. This was another great match on the card. And then we got to the main event: MJF challenging Mox for the AEW Championship. John Moxley comes through the crowd. He has been the flag bearer for the AEW. Uh, you know, he took that championship. He filled the role that CM Punk was supposed to be in nicely. You know, the story was to be CM Punk wins that title, you know, uh, when he came back from injury, even before he was supposed to be injured. You know, uh, CM Punk was to hold the AEW from the day, AEW title from the day he won it only to drop it to MJF here at full gear. Um, but of course, all the CM Punk drama that in, ensued, plus the injuries, Mox stepped up and he carried the back, uh, the company on his back and he did a fantastic job. Uh, I think Mox as a top guy, as a flag bearer, as one of your key people to build around in the company, as much as your Jim Cornette fans will hate a John Moxley, uh i i love him um you know his matches are kind of mad to me i i can't say like i love all his matches necessarily but i love him as a character and certainly as a person and what he's done for aew uh i have endless respect for him just being the man when they needed somebody to be the man um, but now they have a new man as mox was there to drop the title to MJF. I think we all knew that going in. I think it would have been a fucking miscarriage of justice, as Gorilla Monsoon would say, if MJF didn't win this. I think the fans would have just tore the place apart. This is his time. This was his time to come in, win that title, and, and be the flag bearer for AEW. And this was his time from the beginning. You know, Tony Khan has said that he's pre-planned all his champions and i think it was always in the plan to go from punk to mjf and that's exactly what they did they just went from mox to mjf instead so now they're back on track mjf the biggest baby face in the company even though he's a heel this whole match had a really big fight feel to it the energy was electric uh, you could feel the vibes around MJF when he came out. He did the thing where I think he came out the heel tunnel normally, right? And then he went back in and came out the babyface tunnel. Is that how he did it? Maybe it was the other way around, but I believe that's how he did it. And he came out the babyface tunnel just running around all hyped and stuff. He's a good babyface and he can do it while still being MJF and being a complete, you know, uh, absolute piece of shit because the fans don't want MJF to stop MJFing. Uh, and you're just in the more MJFing he does and trying to stay heel, the more the fans are just going to continue to love him because they, they just love him. So they have to find a way to move forward with a heel baby face, uh, you know, like the most the, the smarmy, cocky, arrogant prick piece of shit scumbag MJF. 
as the baby kissing fucking flag bearer for your company. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I certainly think if anybody can do it, it's MJF. I think Mox needs a well-deserved vacation after this. He has stepped up, carried AEW on his back and done everything he was asked for. I think he was supposed to get a nice vacation after the last pay-per-view and he was asked to stick around a little bit. So he's due one now. And, uh, you know, I don't even know what's going to happen with the Blackpool Combat Club because we had William Regal, you know, coming out, telling MJF not to use the ring. And MJF doesn't, only to end up sliding him the knucks later. And MJF using the brass knucks. Man, you've seen that evil look on Regal's face, you know, the evil smile. Um, so I guess Blackpool Combat Club's done. Good. I think I said that in my AEW roster review that I would split them up anyway because I don't feel like it's done any favors for anybody there. Maybe Wheeler Yuta, but I think everybody else, it's kind of held back. So it's time for that little faction to go, and hopefully I think this will be the catalyst for that. And look, I don't know if Regal is going to manage MJF or what's going to happen now. I don't know that MJF needs a manager, Um, but, you know, however they choose. I mean, William Regal... Everybody loves Regal anyway, so whatever they decide to do with Regal, I think people will accept it, even if he is standing behind MJF and walking him down to the ring. Fine. So be it. Um, as far as MJF cheating to win the match, he's MJF, so it's it's in character, and it doesn't bother me at all. I'm sure, he could have won a clean victory over Mox, and I would have liked to have seen that, perhaps, just to show that he could for the bragging rights, but heels cheat. Scumbag's cheap, and uh, MJF is a heel scumbag, whether he's baby-faced or not. He's a heel scumbag, so of course he's going to cheat, and of course he's going to cheat to win, and he is the AEW champion going forward. And I went ahead. I rated this one three out of five hearts. This wasn't a standout, amazing super match. I've seen both of these guys have better matches, um, but it was the end of the night. Everybody was tired. You know, uh, people just wanted to see MJF win. And that was the big high spot of the whole thing was to get the belt on MJF. And that's exactly what they did. Tony listens to his fans. Jamie Hayter, women's champion, MJF world champion, you know, claimed still tag team champions. Like, I feel like Tony is uh, listening to the fans. And I think, you know, this was a very, very, very good pay-per-view. Highly entertaining. It was long, but it went by quick, in my opinion. Um, and the highlights were major highlights. And I'm, and it's created new stories, new questions, new ways. You know, what's going to happen to the Blackpool Combat Club? What's MJF going to have to say? What's William Regal going to have to say? Is Mox going to take some time off? What's going to happen there? Swerving our glory. What's going to happen between those two? Are they going to have a feud now? Are they going to have an all-out fight? Uh, Soraya, what's next for her? What What's the dynamic between Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter going to be going forward? So much fun stuff coming out of this with new stories to tell and new directions to go. And it was just a very good well-booked, well-executed show by everybody. And hey, look, there were no fights at the media scrum either. Nobody nobody uh, took liberties with the microphone and, and nobody got in big fights backstage. So, giant win for AEW. But what are your thoughts? Let me know down in the comments below if you want to interact and throw in your two cents on this great pay-per-view. 
again, favorite match of the night was Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. Worst match of the night, Nyla Rose versus Jade Cargill. Um, the whole show, I'd give the whole show a three out of five hearts. Great show. Maybe even four. I might even go four. This was a fantastic fun show to watch let me know your thoughts in the comments peace love and pizza i am your boy sev grimes and we will catch you in the next video